Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Soma Mama podcast. I'm thrilled today to introduce you to another. Oh, what are the descriptives that come to mind about this woman? Lively, ambitious, um, like dream oriented mm-hmm. as opposed to goal oriented. And such a pleasure to be around and witness her and her journey and all that she is doing for herself and for others. And um, what is her name? You're, you're probably wondering. This is Christabel. And she is a friend and a friend through a friend, a mutual friend of ours. And we've connected in the last couple of years. Um, so the context being Christabel met one of my friends from undergrad uh, doing the Peace Corps in Morocco. And um, ironically, but not so much so, <laughs> we all live less than an hour apart from each other now on the East Coast. So we get to connect and just share thought and share body work and um, all sorts of wonderful things, company being in presence, being the most important of them all. Um, So Christabel is a mindfulness and empowerment coach. Uh, She has all sorts of wonderful um, individually curated offerings. She's put her heart and soul into her program, which she calls Masterpiece, and she'll get to tell us more about that today. Um, Specifically, we're going to talk about finding your voice. We're going to talk about voice, voice activation, what that looks like for Christabel, um, what that might look like for all of you, and then we'll go from there. We always have the most beautiful, fluid, organic conversations when we're not thinking about what we're talking about. <laughs> so Christabel, uh, Christabel, I'll give the mic to you. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit more about you. Hello. Thank you, Courtney. That's such a lovely introduction. I was telling Courtney that it's my first podcast that I've been on. So this is a big milestone I get to share with all of you. And Yeah, I'm really honored to know you and to receive those words. I am, yes, a coach that really focuses on empowering my clients through transforming their perspectives, how they see themselves, how they express themselves, and how they experience themselves and experience life itself. I am a writer, an artist. I um a hermit and also very social <laughs> i am so many things and i'm undefined and i'm limitless and i also love to embrace the very unique and specific things about me um i spent a lot of my life masking who I was and imitating other people, studying other people. And today, while I was driving, this thought came to me that I am finally just studying myself. I am like the most obsessed learner. I love to learn. It's what I've just spent my life doing and loving. And for so long, I was just learning about everything else and trying to get everything right. And finally, I literally am just obsessed with studying myself and learning who I am and how I am and why I am and what I mean 
and what my intentions are and what I stand for. So that's why I'm really excited to talk about, about voice because for all that time that I was obsessed with doing it all right and doing what I should be doing, now I finally get to explore what I actually want to say. And for a long time, I was literally silent. That would be my go-to. I would just only say what I felt was the perfect thing to say. And it never really worked for me, to be honest, obviously, in hindsight. Um, But now I'm just really, yeah, I'm excited about embracing my own perspective all the time. I'm excited about empowering other people to do the same. And I want us all to express ourselves authentically so we can have real, genuine, profound presence with each other. So that's what I do and why I do it. And yeah, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. I, yes, I know Courtney through our beautiful, amazing, incredible friend that we love and I have worked with her in other capacities as well according to CFT as I'm sure some of you know and she was practicing it on me because I was suffering from TMJ and just like tension in my body and yeah it's been really special experience so during our sessions we tend to have really awesome conversations. So it's really cool to be actually recording one now. I couldn't have said it better myself. And so often in our in our bodywork sessions, the craniosacral fascial therapy known as CFT, um, we are like, dang, we should have recorded our conversation. <laughs> and um, to set the just for you all listening and curious about about CFT or body work in general or how I approach my client sessions, it's totally individualized. So I work with clients who are like, don't want to say a word. I want to just be in my body and like nearly fall asleep on the table. And so I, I try to let the, the client lead what they want. And sometimes it looks like a really juicy, intellectual, philosophical conversation. And I gain so much from that as well. And I view it as this, this like, it's part of the energetic exchange, right? Like literally letting our fifth chakra vibrate, our, our throat chakra and utilize our voice that's we're also expelling energy out of our body meanwhile we are also receiving body work massage etc so um and when certain areas of the body are um, manipulated or touch is brought to them that can also ignite a thought feeling sensation etc so it just yeah. shows the beautiful um connection between all of them but rewinding back to your your beautiful introduction Gustavo which was so profound and a couple things that I that really struck me were was one the like I'm finally just studying myself that was a revelation that I had just today like wow I have been existing in this world studying everything around me to try to make sense of what this, what, who I am, what this life is, what am I supposed to do? And 
I know this is, I want to hear more from you about this, this like process. I see it as the, like the shift between the extrinsic to the intrinsic, right? Like mm-hmm. we are parts of this world and we are, we become so accustomed being to be conditioned and especially in our different stages of maturation from infancy to adulthood, we're like, give me some gu- guidelines. Like how am I supposed to behave? What am I supposed to do? And I, I want to know, I want to hear from you, Crystal, when that started to shift for you, that extrinsic to intrinsic mindset. So there's a lot of different milestones on that journey. Um, I would say ones that stand out the most were the first one being around the end of college when I graduated and I just accomplished something I never knew. It was my biggest dream, but I never could like guarantee that it would happen. Right. And I was just like, I just didn't know if it was going to come true. It was just, it seemed like a matter of chance. Right. Cause I wanted to go to this specific dream college. I went to UPenn and it's just, to me, it's a matter of chance, whether you get in or not. It's like the acceptance rate is so low. So I never knew if it was going to happen. I, got into Wharton I I was like wow I can't believe this is happening I was doing it I was like the whole time I just was like I can't believe this is happening then I graduate and I'm like wow this is happening and I was like so confused and like just lost and I was like okay so it happened so now what like I felt like something was gonna happen you know, but really what happens is you're just yourself. You're just who you became through the whole thing. And that's just what you're left with. And I hadn't spent that time being intentional about who I was being at all. Really. I was just trying to, you know, have friends and, you know, look normal and look successful and, you know, do my best, I guess. I, I There was a lot of good things about what I did as well. I'm really proud of my time there and how hard I worked to accomplish it. And I was left a little bit ungrounded and feeling misaligned and the normal path that I was, you know, that I should have taken with quotes was on-campus recruiting with major corporations and, you know, wearing certain clothes and talking a certain way and saying certain things. And I just couldn't do it. I was just so overwhelmed by it. I could not wear a mask longer. I was just faced with this decision of like, I'm really going to choose to keep doing what I've been doing. Like that was, I thought I did it for this to be done with it. And now I'm just like, it's too much. So I didn't do on-campus recruiting and I ended up thinking about Peace Corps. It just like popped up in my head during a brainstorm. I'm an avid brainstormer. I'm like obsessed with it. I love to do it. I do it with my clients all the time. And I was just like Peace Corps. And basically brainstorming is just coming up with ideas without any sensors, without any filters. It's proven to get you way better results in the end because it just inspires creativity and innovation when you stop worrying about whether something's possible you open yourself up to what actually is possible you know um even like Einstein talks about how your imagination is like such an important part of your intelligence because like if he would have limited himself to what you know he could have made sense of then he wouldn't have come up with you know concepts beyond the 
you know, beyond people's imagination at the time. Um, so it's creativity is such an important part of intelligence. And I really just opened myself up to what I was feeling inspired by and Peace Corps came to mind. I'm pretty sure I heard it in an episode of Friends. Some people know about this story. And I Googled it. I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. I was going to Peru and I applied. I got in. I had to wait about a year after graduation. And two weeks before, I was watching the news at a Peruvian restaurant and the country was flooded and the infrastructure was failing and climate change was really affecting the area. And so they called me a few days later and canceled and invited me to go to Morocco six months later. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that was my perfect opportunity to be like, I tried to follow my intuition and I, you know, it didn't work out and I just need to go do something realistic. I already wasted a year of my life waiting for this. And I just, but my, but again, I was just like, so I was still too close to that experience of graduating from Penn and being like, this is not enough. And I was still so inspired by the idea of going to to serve and to do something new and to learn from people and like actually living life and not just accomplishing something specific. So I called I Googled where Morocco was, then I called my mom. I just Googled what language they spoke. I called my mom and then I told her those things because she asked me the same thing. And I was like, I think I want to do it. And she was like, I think you should do it too. And not should in like an obligatory way, but just it just in the most encouraging and loving way. Um, because I was just passionate about just doing something new and just you know, the Peace Corps was my intuition and I was sticking to that, to that, sticking to my gut. And then, yeah, I waited and I went to Peace Corps Morocco and I started to work with a coach and to circle back around, we were talking about when I started to recognize all of these shifts that were happening. One was in that moment at the end of college, um, I was like, I need to find my voice. And at that point in my life, I found my intuition. That was where my voice was. And I really, really focused on that. I started working with a coach, a womb work coach, embodiment coach. And we, I just got really, I fell in love with my body and just being in, being myself and, you know, learning to express myself. I was in really intimate containers with her and her community. And yeah, that's when, that's when I first started to study myself, like we were talking about and grow my awareness. I was always, I was always obsessed with self-development, personal development growing up as well, self-help books and stuff like that. But I used to just like not really talk about it because people didn't used to talk about it. We just like read it and just think about it really, not really share. I feel like so publicly now it's really, really mainstream, but I, I wasn't ashamed of it, but no one was really into that stuff. So I would just read it and really enjoy it. And I would be really interested in trying to understand myself, but I was still trying to base my identity off what other people were doing. 
And so when after college, when I was like, this is just not working, I just can't wear this mask anymore. I went to Peace Corps that dove into an entirely new culture and experience and, you know, people and land and everything. And I felt detached from all of the expectations and I was able to really, I spent most of my time alone, like 90% of my time alone out in Morocco. I was always by myself and I was just really developing an inner awareness and being really intentional about reflecting on my thought and just really studying how my mind was working so that I could, you know, not figure it out because I I don't want to say there's a figuring it out, but just be so, to be understanding and open, you know, so that I'm not just stuck in unconscious patterns in my mind. So that's where the studying the mind started. And the quote that I came up with yesterday, it was, that's where it started. But yesterday it all, it came to my mind in that, in that way, in that context, because I was recently dealing with a situation with someone who I really valued growing up and who I never really felt accepted by. And I was presented with a situation where it was obvious that I was not being accepted by this person. And I looked in the mirror after and I almost started speaking to this person. And then I made eye contact with myself and I said, I started talking to myself and I said, you're not going to let him control you anymore. And that's what inspired that actual like realization in that way of I'm not studying him or them or anyone else to make sense of anything. I'm like, I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm looking at myself in the eyes and I'm going to feel understood. And that's what studying myself means to me. It means awareness and consciousness and like surrendering to my authentic truth. And that means, you know, knowing what I know and knowing that I don't know a lot. It means so many things. And yeah, that's what inspired me studying myself. And that's why I'm really passionate about, you know, being self-aware and inspiring other people to be more self-aware. I think it's just our focus is such a great superpower. First of all, I, oh, everyone listening, like just, just take a moment, close your eyes and tap into one singular sensation in your body. So perhaps that's your sit bones meeting the edge of your chair. Maybe that's your foot on the gas pedal. Maybe that is the wind brushing past your face as you're walking and listening to this and just digesting all of which Christabel just shared. And allow me to remind you a few of the nuggets that she shared, um, which were this, this finite awareness of studying self became so integral to 
to me. And what I heard, and these are in my own words, but um, claiming back a sense of power and agency. And another phrase that came to mind for me was this, this reparenting of self, right? And I, I think many of us come face to face with this concept as adults where we're like, oh, shit, I'm not a child anymore, even though in many ways I feel like that and I, speaking for myself wholeheartedly still do but the realization of oh no i can tell myself what to do i create my own constructs i create my goals i create like i am my intuition i am my wisdom that's already there i am my compassion i am my humility and it just feels like this tremendously beautiful reclaiming back of power and sense of self Mm -hmm. And I wanted to reflect back to you. And for those of you listening who are familiar with Peace Corps, and I haven't, um, what's interesting is I applied to go to the Peace Corps, and I don't think I've shared this with you, Christabel, but I chose not to go, oh. um, which is also somewhat comedic. And, and I will share in a <laughs> moment as to why I didn't go, because I, it was definitely in alignment with a pattern that I was in at the time. Um, so anyway, but I will get to that. What I wanted mm -hmm. to share is it's a, from what I know about it, a deep, deep time of self-reflection and um, due in part because you're spending so much time with yourself. And yeah. this looks different. Can Christabel can share more about this. Um, looks different for different PCVs, Peace Corps volunteers, given your site placement. And if you're in proximity to another individual, if not, like it can look totally different. You're learning a new dialect or a new language. And um, especially as a very energetic, like passionate, youthful individual, we often go into um, something like the Peace Corps or service volunteerism being like, I'm going to change the world. Um, <laughs> You know, which like we are in our own way. I don't want to take away from that or undermine that. But then we get there and it's like, oh, shit, like I don't know anything. And I do want to say, as I've had several of those those lessons, life lessons, experiential lessons in my own life, like there is something so beautiful um, surrounding that sense of like naivety of just like, Oh, I just as you said, Christabel, like Christabel, I know what I know and I and I don't know what I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. But sometimes we learn that through lived experience. And it's like, oh, like I can attest as a young individual being like, oh, I, I just finished my bachelor's degree. Like I know a lot. I know, I know a ton. Yeah. And then you take one step forward into the real world and it's like, oh, oh, dear. Like there's a lot. There's a lot of terrain out here. There's a lot going on. Um, and so I just wanted to reflect that back to you in the sense that like, I, I heard that the Peace Corps was an integral time for you, um, in that process of self reflection. And let's paint the picture y'all like this isn't an easy process painted with sunshine and rainbows. It's often the like curling in a ball underneath your bed covers and staying there for a full 24 hours and letting the mind go to all of its depths and nooks and crannies and dark places. Um, so yeah. tell us, tell us a little bit more about that. And then 
I have a feeling it will integrate naturally into how you really began to authentically share your voice. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Thank you so much. That's a great question. Yeah, I spent a lot of time alone. And I think the experience being in Morocco really put me in the perfect position to focus on myself because I didn't know the language or the culture at all before I went. And so, you know, being a more introverted person and also neurodivergent, I, which I didn't know at the time, I, you know, I, I preferred to spend a little bit more time by myself than maybe other volunteers because I would just get overwhelmed, you know, and I also did amazing work and met incredible people in my community. Um, but I was, yeah, very much like, oh, wow, like this is going to be a lot of alone time for me to be able to self-regulate. And so with that came something we were talking about during our last, last CFT session is like that inner dialogue that I would have with myself. It really like developed because I was, you know, spending so much time alone. I would FaceTime like my mom and my grandma and a lot of people from home. And I would still talk to people, you know, from Peace Corps too in other, con- in other um, countries and in other sites within Morocco. Speaking to the isolation, I was five hours from the nearest supermarket. I was, I was like a couple hours, like maybe three hours from the nearest volunteer, but I didn't really know them. So my closest friend was five hours away, who's our mutual friend. And so I would stay with her when I needed to go to the city or go to the supermarket. Um, but I was quite isolated and my town had no English speakers. I wasn't by any stretch of the imagination, the best Arabic, you know, speaker. So yeah, that all led to me being quite uh, insular during certain times in my service. And I feel like I gained so much from that because I really just became open to that inner dialogue. And I was supported by a coach, which I feel like is so important because to have reflection is just your best tool in growing your awareness um, because you quite literally can't see things sometimes. That's like the definition of awareness. So if you can't see it when you're expressing it, hopefully you can see it when it's reflected back at you. So I feel like reflection is just such a key part of really honing that inner dialogue and recognizing you know, how you're talking yourself and whose voices you're actually listening to and you know living by and experiencing life through perceiving everything through like through that time I was so detached from my old life that I think a lot of the voices of other people the ones that I had been studying and obsessed with for so long and you know they had become my own in so many ways or what I saw as my own and so when I moved and I wasn't really, you know, talking to or around all these people and all these cultural and societal perceptions that were the same, I was really just invited to, you know, comfort myself and, you know, you know, talk to myself and have that 
communication and expression. And I was writing a lot to do that. I would, you know, you know, talk in my head or even talk out loud, look in the mirror and talk to myself. Um, and I would do that naturally as a younger version of myself as well. When I was in high school, I was actually quite isolated as well, just given a lot of my life circumstances. And so I spent a lot of time alone in high school and I would do the same. I would like dance in my room alone. I would talk to the mirror and like talk about like my dreams and I would talk about, you know, what I would do when I could be in situations that really empowered me and stuff like that. And I would just be my own best friend basically. And I found that again in Morocco and I just fell in love with myself. And again, with like support from other people, like I, even though I was spending most of my time alone, I was still in constant communication with, you know, my mom, my abuela, my grandma, my coach, um, the people in my group containers that I was doing the coaching work with. I feel like support is so important and just surrounding yourself with people who believe in what you want to believe in too and who support you unconditionally and love you unconditionally is such a major part of your own self-awareness because again, reflection is key. Um, but yeah, so in all of that, I started to really explore how I was expressing myself and as I was understanding myself better, I was like, Oh, I want my life to reflect that. And I want a life that aligns with me. And that means learning to express yourself and to, you know, bring to life what you actually care about and believe in. So yeah, that meant, for example, not talking to certain people in my life anymore. That meant, you know, really investing in other relationships that that served me and the people involved. It meant, you know, having boundaries with a lot of other people. So I learned to express my voice in that way. I really just, as I learned more about myself, little by little, I learned to let go of those voices that I was talking about from other people and just listen to my own. And a question that a lot of people ask me and my clients ask me is like, how do you know which is your intuition? Like, which is your voice? And I would say that you just have to pay attention for long enough until that question doesn't exist. That's how you know, you know, when you know, it's like the same thing as how people say with like love or like this or that. You just know when you know, and like admitting that you don't know is the perfect first step. And so that's what I did. And I was just curious and like open and I still am and I think that's just what allows me to not associate my peace with any sort of accomplishment or destination but rather just this exploration right this sexual experience and the process of it that is what I find peace in and just the joy that I get to experience throughout it you know and yeah, that's what that's what expressing my voice means to me right now. And just not making it have so much pressure, you know, and just letting it be what it is. <laughs> I this is 
uncanny as I as before hopping on to this this call I literally had that very reflection I was opening the fridge I was grabbing my lunch and I was like huh life got a whole lot easier when I started to not be hard on myself <laughs> and this is part of that like not knowing anything different and I was journaling about this this morning as well being someone who didn't I was very anxious by nature and I didn't realize that that anxiety is what my what I had felt and I had experienced until I was 24 years old and I didn't real I didn't know that not every single human doesn't live life that way Mm -hmm. granted a lot of us do (laughs) but I, I was like oh I didn't I thought everyone lived this way, like hyper vigilant, hyper sensitive in certain environments and with certain contingencies such as taking exams, et cetera. Um, which bring me, brings me to the topic of paradox, which I'd love to talk to you more about, Christabel, and just hear your thoughts on, on it, as this is something I find myself reflecting on a lot um, in the self-learning process specifically, like the paradox of like becoming so infinitely aware of self, but also knowing that you have blind spots that you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, even just the practice of yoga, it's one, it's one of this my favorite somatic practices because it's physically this this practice of paradox. It's this like, oh, flex and extend. Oh, we're going to get strong and like stretch, get flexible at the same time. Oh, you're like in child's pose. You're literally sitting your seat, sit bones back while you're extending your arms forward. It's this like, oh, we're doing both at the same time and mm-hmm. we can't and it's possible. It's not one or the other. It's not black or white in that sense. And I find so much of my life has been leaning into that gray area or that Mm -hmm. matter of flexibility versus the rigidity of like, it's this or that. And I know you mentioned um, neurodivergence a little bit earlier too. So I'd love for you to, yeah, however you articulate, like just that, that act of like mental rigidity versus flexibility and what paradox looks like in your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great reflection and question. I would say that the way that I handle paradox is that openness to learning. I think I like, I used to definitely be a know-it-all or try to be a know-it-all because you can't actually be one. So it's just an ironic name in itself. It's like a try to know it all more like, um, but I used to be a know-it-all when I was younger. I just, my biggest fear was being misunderstood. And so I felt like if I was right, then I would be understood. And like, if they didn't understand me, then they were wrong. So that's fine. (laughs) And so I used to see things more black and white. And like I said, that obviously didn't lead me in a way that in a direction that I wanted to be going. So I open myself up to instead of trying to learn the right thing just to learn and to not like set expectations on it. And that opened me up to like the spectrum uh, that life really is. Right. And so obviously there's a spectrum of neurodivergence. I love a pun, you guys, the spectrum of neurodivergence. And also there's the spectrum of everything of every life life experience and like you know they say there's like three sides to the story right there's your side my side and the truth 
it's like, and there's every version in between, like just everything about life is just on a spectrum. It's like, there's no like absolute, it's constantly moving for you to try to define it at any point in time is just futile. And so I believe that my curiosity and my love for learning is what allows me to adapt. And that's what inspired me to go to Peace Corps in the first place. And that's what, you know, really allowed me to be like, wow, I really am adaptable. And I grew up even going to like Puerto Rico and rural Puerto Rico for the summers with like cold water when I was a little kid and things like that. Now they have heated water, don't worry. And so I've I've always been adaptable, but Peace Corps really like put me in a place to practice it in a whole new way. Um, and when I got there and I realized something that I had been studying in AP psychology, which was like that we're conditioned and it just all came to life for me because even though I spent my childhood, you know, experiencing different worlds in a lot of ways, I also, I had been experiencing those worlds as a young kid. I always thought, you know, multiple cultures, the ones that I knew of, you know, my um, Latina culture and my American culture, I thought, yeah, they're different, but it's like, they're normal, right? In quotes again. But then I went to Morocco and I was like, oh, like whatever is normal is just whatever is around you. So like, I thought Puerto Rico was normal because that was what's around me and my friends didn't. And I was like, you guys are lame. You don't get it. It's like, just because they didn't know. They just didn't know about it. It's not because of anything else. I went to Morocco and I was like, oh, they just think, you know, everything's different. And, you know, our mutual friend really helped me realize that. And she had a lot of empathy for that. And and she would always reflect that to me. It's like, it's not because it's right or wrong. It's, it's just different, you know? And that's like that gray. And so that, that was, that's what was able to get me away from wanting to know it all and just wanting to know more. And that's what got me into, you know, mindfulness because my biggest struggle growing up and when I started working with my first coach was you know that that feeling misunderstood that I mentioned earlier and just like really confused with you know my mind and like how I wanted to just um experience things and like a lot of just even like sensory things and things that how my body moved that I was trying to hide my whole life not even realizing it Um, And so I was like really just interested in feeling just present. And so presence really became my passion. (laughs) And um, it's funny because before Peace Corps, I prayed to God and I asked for patience. And my grandma told me, oh, my God, if you ask for patience, God's going to test you like you're going to have a really hard test for patience. Then I had to wait a year and a half to go to Peace Corps. And then I go to Peace Corps and I realize that that patience is just presence. And, and so I feel like that's what um, I was given in that process. And yeah, so basically, I opened myself up to just like, exploring and not trying to get anywhere specific. And I think that's really what allowed me to realize how I was experiencing life more. And I was in a relationship and I was trying to communicate myself a lot and try to feel understood by my partner. And 
at that time, I was also trying to stop biting my nails. And those are the two things that really led me to exploring like how I was thinking and how I was experiencing my physical world. I also was like struggling to keep up with like, you know, quote unquote, normal tasks, like cleaning my house and like eating and things like that. Like I would get really distracted or not want to experience certain sensory um, things. So I just wouldn't do them. And I basically was just like, oh, I'm going to learn about the spectrum of the mind. And I started studying different um different things I started studying OCD I started studying ADHD then I started studying autism that's kind of like the trail that I went along and it all started because I watched a documentary about Lele Pons who's iconic and amazing and she has OCD and Tourette's and she talks about her story and I was like huh it's interesting because I always thought like you know, I went to, I went to therapy before therapy was cool. I went to therapy when I was in like middle school all the way to college. And so I've been to a lot of therapy. I know what that that's about. You know what I mean? And I support it and I love it and it's amazing. And it probably saved my life in a lot of ways too. And I hit a plateau because I was in therapy. There was a lot of things that weren't being seen. And, and I was, you know, I was diagnosed with anxiety, depression, and then some other thing that I didn't even really know what it was. It was just some like something associated with bipolar. I think they said it was some sort of manic disorder, I believe. And, and I, and they were all just like, not really like accurate or specific. And my doctors just really didn't, you know, never asked me about my sensory experiences like ever. And that's a really a big part of your, you know, mental health and how your mind works. And so, yeah, when I started to explore for myself and I I stopped seeing it as like, oh, I'm just depressed. Oh, I'm just anxious. Because I think even though a lot of us feel those things, you know, it could be for other reasons and there could be other, you know, factors. And it doesn't have to be always like black and white, like we're talking about. And so I started to learn a little bit more about different, you know, mental health concepts. And I basically realized that I was neurodivergent um, and that I self-diagnosed as autistic last year. And yeah, speaking of being open to the gray area, it's like, there's no definitions on where you are in the spectrum of being autistic. And there's no way to like gauge like being more or less neurodivergent in that way. And it really just is about embodying your authentic expression and accepting where you are and knowing and trusting yourself to be present enough to feel confident in what you know, you know, and And that's what I feel like it really empowered me to do. And even when I wasn't sharing it with everyone yet, it was just empowering me to be more myself because I was like, you know what? I always thought it was this one way that I had to figure it out. 
And now I realize that it's just like, you know, like someone in my life who used to, you know, bother me a lot used to be like, it's my way or the, or the highway, you know, they used to say that kind of stuff. And it's like, I was like, I turned that around and I was like, everyone should say that about themselves. You know, it is my way period. Like I'm going to be myself my way. And like, you don't want it. Then you don't, you literally can leave like in the most respectful and polite way. The highway is right there, you know, and he meant it in a way to, you know, really hurt me. I mean it in a way to like liberate you and to liberate me. Like it's my way right now. I'm going to be myself. And if you don't like it, then it's, it's not a part of our journey. You know, like we don't have, there's 7 billion people now. I think there's like 8 billion people on, in the world. We're not all a part of each other's journey in a direct way. You know what I mean? Like that's okay. And, and I don't need to be understood anymore. I shared a Jay Shetty like little quote on my story the other day that he doesn't value being understood, which is something that a lot of other people might value. And I agree with that. Like I always said, my, one of my core traumas was feeling misunderstood. And now I just feel like I'm so understood by myself. That's why I study myself. That's why every moment I'm open to the paradox, like we were talking about of whatever it is, you know, whatever it is. As always, so beautifully it's the my feeling goes beyond the word beautiful as we all know that's subjective but it just so i'll just say it's so articulated and mm. in a way that i want to reflect back to you I, I don't i don't i'm not even certain you're aware of your your wisdom and the way that you intuitively speak about about life and about the human experience and about that um just that in in the eyes of of you and exactly as you said in in your way and it's amazing to me how simple and how com complex coming back to paradox that is <laughs> at the same time and it's almost comedic to me how speaking of sensory profiles and having um you know, whether you fall on the spectrum of neurodivergence or um, a different mental health diagnosis or physical health diagnosis, um, we all have different sensory profiles, meaning there's different textures, there's different sensations, there's different like environments, lights, foods that, that please us and that don't. And I think that this is really important to know as it's not something that I feel like is talked about so so frequently and I'll give a, a wonderful example in that um, specific to my two-year-old child who um, into his toddlerhood we started noticing some um, sensory related behaviors and just like behavioral concerns in general um, but not specific to um, a diagnosis and which um, both my partner and I are, are in the, the realm of behavioral and social sciences, so we're fairly familiar. And I really appreciate that once we got some early intervention services on board, the occupational therapist was like, hey, mom, are you aware of like different sensory profiles? And 
of course, my entire be being lit up as I was like, yes, like this is me. <laughs> this has been my lived experience. And no one has asked me that my entire life. And not that it was about me in that moment, it's about our son, but I was like, absolutely. I know what it's, I know what it's like to have different, a highly sensitive nervous system. Um, and I, and it's been such a pleasure learning and being open to the process of learning with the lens of humility. Um, like, I don't know what, I don't know what it's like to be in my son's body and I'm going to do my best to, to learn and support him in that process. Um, and I wanted to share another thing too, which was just like, again, coming back to coincidence and a, a really funny through line here is the mutual <laughs> friend that, that, um, Christabel and I have, she and I met in undergrad, as I stated in a leadership class specifically called the practice of presence. <laughs> so as Christabel was sharing about patience as presence, that, that was my revelation. I was like, well, that's hilarious. That's literally how Maddie, I, or how our friend and I met. <laughs> Oops, um, she will be okay with that. Um, how we met um, was in a class called the practice of presence. Um, so I know we could talk forevermore. And I trust that we will have um, another episode on the pod one, one day soon. Um, but as we wrap it up here, will you please share with us, Christabel, your offerings and where people can get in contact with you? Yes, of course. Yeah, next time you have to tell us about your Peace Corps thing. Um, so I'm excited about that. And <laughs> yeah, my name, on Instagram is at Curly Christabel. So obviously curly, like curly hair, C-U-R-L-Y. And Christabel is C-H-R-I-S-T-A-B-E-L. And yeah, you can find all my info on there. I am a coach like Courtney mentioned. I am a mindfulness and empowerment coach. I created my program called Masterpiece and peace is spelled P-E-A-C-E. And, you know, I love a pun, like I said, and I just love a play on words, a double entendre. And I truly believe that our expression is a masterpiece. What we create in this life is a masterpiece. You know, who we are is a masterpiece and how we live is art. And I really want to empower people to create lives that empower them, that bring them peace, that are lived intentionally and on purpose. And that's what we do. It's a beautiful community where we lift each other up and really grow our awareness and offer that space for reflection and intuition and truth to come to life. So it's really, really incredible and special. I'm currently in a container. We're half, about almost halfway through and there will be a new group starting in May. So I'm really excited to be sharing about that. And yeah, thank you so much for having me, Courtney. This is amazing. I love you. You are so welcome. Love reflected back to you as well. And in conclusion and circling back to what it is that you do in alignment with your mission and your vision for our listeners, Christabel is bringing real genuine profound presence into this world with the presence of her own and empowering other folks to acknowledge the impact of their own profound presence thank you so much for tuning in today and we'll talk again soon yes i love you